Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's program is going to be a very interesting one, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, we have uh, Mrs. Warren, Beth Warren, who uh, back was with us two weeks ago. And I, we, we didn't really even touch the surface of some of the topics we want to discuss especially issues of children. So tonight's going to be a very interesting program, and I think very helpful to everybody. Mrs. Warren, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. I'm going to introduce you in just a moment, but we'll get into the topic in a moment, but I want to make a few little announcements. One is I want people to understand why are we doing these shows. Some people say to me, get back to the kashras. But, you know, simple enough, kashras means that the food is kosher and appropriate to eat. If a people are going to sit down and eat things that are totally unhealthy or if they're going to do danger to the system, that's something they have to take into account. It's not the it's not a nothing. I've mentioned on the show a number of times, first of all, we learned from Rabbi Miller, Victor Miller's icon side of the Kaj Lavrocha. He used to speak quite a, bit, quite a bit about this. One thing he said, which was very interesting, was that uh, he's comparing, at one time he compared cigarette smoking to chocolate cake. Later on, he called the person who smokes uh, very strong terms against them if they smoke. But in the early years, 30 years ago or more, he used to say, uh, smoke is like a chocolate cake. If you eat one slice, it won't kill you. But if you have a regular diet of it, <laughs> it's going to be very uh, counterproductive. So that, I mean, people have to realize that calories are not just uh, something to waste. It's, it's something that's going to affect them with the food that they take in, definitely affects them. So it's, it's, it's not something that we as from people should uh, say has nothing to do with our kosher diet. It has a lot to do with our kosher diet. And the, other, the other point that I want to just make before we start is that uh, we've started our, our program uh, this week, the Kashras program. We had a very nice program on Sunday, yesterday, and we welcome anybody who wants to come to that at 1358 East 13th Street. And that's at 11.30 on Sunday mornings for men. And this week, we're going to do some insect infestation studies. We're going to do it uh, with hands-on, with uh, show you how to check for different things. So it's a good opportunity. There's no charge. That's 1358 East 13th Street. And that's between avenues M and N. And we start 11.30. 12.45 is our mincha. And I don't know if we'll continue a little after that, maybe a few minutes, because there's a lot of stuff we have to do this Sunday. So please try to join us. And now, without further ado, I'm going to welcome my guest again, Mrs. Beth Warren, uh, who is a dietitian and who has published a wonderful book called Living a Real Life with Real Food. That sounds good. How to Get Healthy, Lose Weight, and Stay Energized the Kosher Way. And, and that is what really attracted me when you said that, the kosher way. And I looked in the book, and I saw you talking a lot about kashas. I said, this is really something I've got to get on my, I had to get on my show. So I was very happy to do that. Mrs. Warren, just tell us in, in a couple sentences the basic concept of the book, and then I'm going to ask you if you can help us with dealing with Shabbos and Yom Tov, and then we'll go into the children's issues. Sure. Well, the book was really um, my way of just trying to show people how you could really try to be healthy and lose weight on the side by just trying to commit to eating more real foods. And then I connected it with the whole kosher lifestyle and the kosher way of eating because we've always been um, 
eating this way just in terms halakhically, but really we could use a lot of our kosher standards to eat more healthful and, and learn from what we're doing um, kosher-wise and just use that to buy packaged products that are more healthy. Like if we're looking for the Heksha in a product, we could also look for the ingredients that the product's made with and maybe try to choose more quality ingredients. And that was really the whole premise of my, my book. You know, last week, the two weeks ago, when you were on, I was, what I enjoyed very much, you know, even talk, we're talking remote, you know, you're there and I'm here. But I, I, one of the things that I enjoyed the most was we had a, we had a caller, and the, the caller was... Um, you know, was 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 trying to understand uh, about, about whole wheat, and he wanted to have wanted to know which is the best whole wheat to get. And you described a little bit about what you say about in the book, and you answered this question beautifully. But then you said something which I I think really typifies what I think is important about your approach. Is you said, listen, if you can't do the whole thing, then start with some kind of a, a commitment to one aspect. Make commitment to have whole wheat. Even you can't do other things, but make a make a commitment. And I think that's such a wonderful suggestion. You know, most people when they think of kosher diet, means they think it's diet. You give up everything. They think you you starve. They don't understand you can enjoy food very beautifully, wonderfully, and they 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 don't understand that they also feel that it's either all or nothing. I dieted. I tried it. It didn't work. That's right. so. Well, that's the diet mentality. That's right. why I hate the word diet. Yeah, so that so I that's that's what I you don't even have the word diet in your it is how to get healthy, lose weight, and stay energized the kosher way. I think it's yeah. a beautiful. The title was very well done. I mean, it's long, but it's yeah. good. I think people have to learn what real food is, and I think they have to learn some of the uh, points that you made about the quality of the ingredients, and and not to be satisfied with oh, it's you know just to look at the name of the of the ingredient, but to see what actually this particular ingredient is. But I don't think they should lose themselves in it either. I think they have to look at the whole book. And, you know, a lot of people got the book after the show. And anyone who wants to get this book can order it from me. Uh, you just call Kashris at 718-336-8544. 718-336-8544. The book is $25 and delivery is $5, uh, postal delivery. So uh, it's $30 for the book, but it's a nice fat book. It's a... Uh, it, it, it is a hardcover and uh, glossy pages all over here. It's over 300 pages. It's, it's worth it. It's, got a, it's a high-quality book, very well done. Uh, again, I never heard of uh, the, the, uh, you know, your publisher, the Skyhorse Publishing, but I see they did a very nice job. So I'm going to ask anybody who wants to, you can contact us. And if you want to call Mrs. Warren now at the show, you can do that. We're going to start talking, but we will interrupt for questions. But we're going to take a little segments of three, four, five questions, and then we're going to stop. And then, so you'll have to call back a couple times if you don't get through right away. Our number in the studio is 718-683-5858. Mrs. Warren is a dietitian, and she has a whole string of, uh, of, of letters after her name, M-S-R-D-C-D-N. And uh, obviously, she's now a mechaberis. She wrote this book. So it's, uh, it's, you're going to talk to somebody who knows. It's not going to be just somebody who's starting to learn. So if you call us at 718-683-5858, we'll put you on with Mrs. Warren. And if you want to text us, the, uh, the texting line is 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. Mrs. Warren, before we take any calls, I'd like to hear a little bit about Shabbos and Yom Tov. 
what some general recommendations and maybe some of the hints that you had in the book? Yes, well, this is something that really terrifies everybody that comes, especially into my office. We would sit at the first visit and really start working on a meal plan for, I guess you could say, for the weekday. And then as they're about to leave, they said, wait, what do I do on Shabbat? And the truth of the matter is, as much as a Shabbat is a holy day and we really do need to make it special, in terms of how we're eating and the schedule of eating and the way we're making our plates in terms of food groups that we're eating is really the same as during the week. It's just we could beautify this Shabbat by having different kinds of foods from those food groups. But what's so important is forget about actually Shabbat itself. Friday is super important, and what people don't realize is they actually – start off the weekend sometimes on the wrong foot because Friday is so hectic. And usually, especially, let's say, with women picking up their kids and finishing up cooking and things like that and men rushing home from work and trying just to get themselves ready for Shabbat, they actually forget to eat a lot of times. Or their eating schedule is so off even before Shabbat even starts. So to me, a lot of times the problem isn't really even Shabbat. It's that you're going into Shabbat already on the wrong foot. So it's really important that as of Friday to really stay on track of when you're eating and to really try to eat um, at the set times. Usually I say to eat a breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, and then you'll have your nice Shabbat dinner. But to go into Shabbat starving is really setting yourself up for um, that diet failure of just ravaging through the challah and all the dips at the table before you even got to your meal. So that's a very that's good a point. Big, that's a very big, good point. They'll let people up, but people do, uh, especially you know, if it's a, a long day like now, they're short days. Maybe you can get through the day until uh, till four thirty. But you know, but if it's one of those long days, then it can get messed up very much. And eating late at night is, is it makes it even harder the whole thing because you eat, eat a lot of food and it's it's late at night. It, it can right, be difficult. For sure. for sure, and that also plays. Yeah, the timing of Shabbat also really plays into it. Especially with um, Sudashley, she a lot of time works in our snack favor, which I like. I like when that works out, where you could have a hamotzi and have a protein with it, and sort of make that your snack time, and then your malava malka is your dinner time, and that all works out nicely. So you're right. When it gets later days, it does get more difficult. Um, but again, it's really trying to just focus on how I like to make a plate for a meal, where you have a serving of protein, a serving of a, of a whole grain starch, and you have a lot of vegetables. The issue also becomes that kiddush and the hamotzi with the challah. And that is when people really just need to be honest with themselves and when it really goes beyond the food. I always like to sort of play with patients on how much they really think the bracha is for the challah because people usually overestimate how much it really is. And, and that really gets you into trouble, and it's hard because it's the first bracha. It's the first thing you're really putting into your mouth, and you have to have that sense of discipline to put the challah down. That's if you point. have the kazaya or the, the amount that you're supposed to have for the bracha. So well, that's what, really tough in itself. Well, one of the things that I, I enjoy doing is, and I'm gonna have, we've got to get a lot of calls, I'm going to take the calls, and I enjoy that we start with the hamotzi with the challah, and then we switch over to matzah, which we find very easy to, uh, to, to yes, work for us. You, you know what? A lot, of, a lot of patients tell me that they use the matzah. It helps them be more in control. Very much, and much, they, much, much more so, and it, it's satisfying enough. And I'm going, we got to take some callers now because... Then the, the board is lit up, and then okay. we'll come back to this, some discussion, and we'll get into the children a little later. Okay, first caller. Okay, we're, we're ready. Okay, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Can we help you? Hi. Hi, Beth. It's Linda Levy. Oh, 
Hi, Linda. <laughs> How are you? Good. Um, so my question for Beth is that... Um, in reference to how you said, like, the kids and how we want them to eat, we'll be eating healthy, I have a very hard time um, at night for dinner is when my kids home, come home and, like, starving. I want to give them something that's healthy and filling um, so that they don't, you know, tell me before bed, I'm still hungry, you know, because lack of that they're not eating protein and they're not eating their veggies. Can you suggest, like, a few things that you think they might like? That's a really great question. It's a very big issue that children really will come home starving from school. It's just a thing. They all think they're starving. Sometimes they really are starving. And that's a lot of times if they really are sincerely starving, it's a reflection that maybe they're skipping lunch during the day or, you know, especially if they don't like the school lunches, that comes up a lot. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't have breakfast in the day. Some kids these days are only having one recess, and that means only one snack time. And really kids are supposed to eat often throughout the day. So a lot of times they really are coming home starving. And there's one of two things you could do. You could either have dinner ready and allow them to have actual dinner when they come home. Or two is you really just have fruits and vegetables out on the table. You want to take advantage of the time your kids are starving to give them the healthy food. It's like when people, when the kids go swimming in the summer and they come out famished and whatever's out outside, they'll eat it. So you really want to take advantage. If you really are hungry, Here's fruits and vegetables. Maybe put some hummus, dip out with it. Like you said, you want to have some protein. So you could have carrots and hummus or veggies cut up with hummus as a snack that really satisfies and fills them. Because for them to just go and run into the snack closet and grab a bag of cookies, that's why they may be telling you, I'm still hungry, I'm still hungry, I'm still hungry, because those foods usually have no fiber and the kids really are still hungry. So, um, again, tracing back to the day, if they really didn't have that much food, they will be more hungry at night because their, body their bodies do need to get those calories later in the night. Um, mm-hmm. So I would suggest either you have dinner ready first and then maybe allow them to wait at least an hour or two, depending on when your kids are coming home, and then have a fruit for dessert if they want, um, if their bellies are really still hungry. But, or you could do the vegetables first and then allow them to have dinner a little later and then have a fruit after dinner. It really all depends on, on your kid's schedule. But really giving them something with protein and fiber would really help satisfy them and just allowing them to wait in between to allow their stomachs to really get that full feeling. Thank you very okay. much for your call. Thank you very much for your call. We Thank got, you. We've got to get Thank a few more. We've got the other two calls, and then i got to go back to some other topics. Go ahead. You're on the cash for Sunday year. Can we help you? You're on the, you're on the radio with Mrs. Warren. Go ahead, Hello? please. You're on, the, you're on the radio. Go ahead. Okay, I wanted to ask, this is about a different diet. I was wondering if uh, Mrs. Warren thought this was healthy. This is called the Red Day, Green Day Diet, and I was wondering if she'd heard of that. The Red Light, Green Light Diet? Red Day, Green Day Diet, I think it's called. Well, I, I just know about the Red Green Light Diet in terms of what telling kids what not to eat and what, what's, what we should be eating all the time versus not all the time. Is that what you're referring to? Um, no, this this was a diet that I think you eat one. The red day is for proteins, and the green day is for, um, I think it's only only vegetables, um, carbohydrates or something. Oh. Whatever one of the two. One day you're only allowed carbohydrates, and one day only proteins. Um, not so specifically. Am I familiar with with that specifically? But I know all these diets where, one you know they have certain requirements like that. I mean, I haven't seen any research to to 
to back up those kinds of things. It's more like I like to approach all meals and snacks as separate, meaning they all should have certain food groups on the plate, whether it's breakfast with protein and fiber, maybe some fruit and lunch, protein, fiber, and vegetables, and dinner the same way, and then snacks also, again, with that protein-fiber combination. But this is why I refer to my carbohydrates as a fiber because, to me, any food with fiber could be counted towards carbohydrates, whether that's fruit, whether that's whole grains, whether that's vegetables at times. So I think to limit yourself to just say one day I can't have carbohydrates, one day I can is just taking out so many food groups. Okay, right. thank you. Okay. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Uh, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Go ahead, please. You're on Hi, the air. Hi, Sarah Mordechaya. Hope you're listening. Okay, thank you. Okay, that, that, that was okay. That we'll, that we'll go back to some of our discussion. Uh, there is a there is somebody who texted us, and I think it's an important question, even though we, it's not coordinated here while we're doing things. But everything that we're talking about is very important. This is a gentleman, he writes, uh, he texted us, I'm in Colail, I have no time to exercise. How can I lose those extra 20 pounds? Ah, <laughs> uh, Colail, guys. Well, um, I, I define no time. <laughs> because I, I, you, if you, there's a will, there's a way. I'm right. sorry. Whether you want to, you, you know, if you're learning and you just want to, you know, stand up and fidget side to side, anything that physically moves your body counts. So when I talk to people, and I, we speak at every session at the end about physical activity, I really go at the pace of whatever that person could give me. Because anything that you're moving matters, and any amount of time that you could give is enough time. But you have to give. Some, some um, men I see from Colal, they walk from Shul to their actual Colal, or... Um, it was, some of them teach also during the day, and then they'll walk to school. And then I say, you know what? You have an extra minute. Instead of going up the stairs one time, go up and down the stairs three times. You know, every little thing that you could possibly think of that will make you move more matters. So if you think about exercise as having to go to a gym, and this is something I discuss in the book as well, and something you have to just really commit so many hours to, you'll never do it. It's, again, what you mentioned in the beginning of our talk with what I said about foods and, and trying to do, commit to healthy changes. It's the same thing with exercise. If you want to park your car in a certain spot and then walk to the actual place that you're getting to a little bit farther, that's a big thing. You have to take any little move you can make as a really big thing for your health, and you just commit to it, and that's what you do. It becomes a part of you, and that's just what you do. I, th so, I, th I think, Mrs. Warren, in addition to that, I just want this is this is my opinion. You could uh, tell me if you'd agree or not. I think that he could lose the weight if he adjusted what he eats also. And I didn't say give up foods. I didn't I said to adjust if he works on the diet acts, but I mean I don't mean diet I mean losing weight. I mean diet just eat what he eats and how he eats and when he eats and the plates that you're talking about. If he works on that, he might get the twenty pounds easily. Well, Exercises help. Exercise is health. That's for sure. And a lot, I, I do see um, some men from Colel, and they, they really could work a lot with their diet. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes there's Danishes out somewhere, or, you know, they're grabbing something after they pray in the morning, and it's, it's not really the healthiest choice. It's just what's available at Shul. And the fact of the matter is it goes with what every, everybody else has to deal with, and that's planning ahead. And you really have to try to prepare your own foods to bring or bring your own snacks for everybody to just have out or whatever you want to do. But it, it does come a little bit of a responsibility to have to plan ahead with your snacks and meals, bring them with you, 
when you do get your breaks, you could really walk around the block and, and do something active. So um, where there's a will, there's a wife. Okay. Thank you very much. We, we, go ahead. I found very uh, effective. Uh, it's chewing. Chewing, 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 and chewing, and again chewing. And it's very effective to, to control the, the weight. After I would say that uh, when you eat slowly and you're chewing and chewing and chewing and again chewing, uh, you first of all, you control your desire and just not to swallow amount of po- big portion of food. And this is one of the things that I think that is very critical. And, and I'm very, very, and the Kolel guys, I think that it's very important that not get, you know, finish the shakris, take the, the something Danish in the mouth and just swallow it and because and then running to the to learn. And chewing, sit and uh, calm down, I think it's very helpful also to, to control true. the weight. It also very, it helps get the value of the food too. It's a very good idea. Okay, let's, let's hear one of our, another caller. Go ahead, please. You're unconscious on the air. Hello? Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, it's not about diet. It's about the ricola, about the actual. No, no I, I, today, today I really, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to limit it only to this. It's not diet, whatever it is, about food choices, but we're going to have to limit it today. If you want, you can call okay. another time. Um, we, we don't discuss whether or not this hashgacha is good on this radio station. We don't discuss which hashgachas are good. If you want to call us at the, at the office, 718-336-8544. I can't promise to call you back, but if you catch us in the office, we answer the questions. But here on the show, we, there's thousands of people listening. We can't start uh, deciding for the whole world what to use. Okay, thank you for the call. Go ahead, you're on Kashrus on the air. Hello? Hello? Go ahead, you're on the air. Speaking to me? Yes, you're on the air. Okay, fine. I have a little suggestion to make. The minig by our oilum is to give chicken after davening. That's cake, good cake. Like that, the first thing in the morning... What a lot of people do is eat a piece of cake because of the chicken. I was thinking maybe if they give people give, um, sugar-free um, food, be a bigger chicken. Right. If I would be bigger right. chicken, if I gave them something healthy to eat also, maybe instead of sugar-free, maybe, they, maybe we have to develop oranges for the chicken or something yeah, else. Well, <laughs> yeah. we have a, be I say. Right. Not, not more than that. Right. So you're suggesting that people who are doing, uh, making a tikkun where they're making, uh, so putting out a little schnapps and some cake, at least let them make it not, uh, something that's a little bit, little bit less harmful to, to the masses. Because it, is becoming, it becomes a syndrome. I mean, there's some shoals here that every single morning there's something there, and uh, it's, very, it's always with the cake. It's, it's never yeah. with anything and else. And for sure, and also I usually see, like, the Shabbat, when patients come to me, I give them a food record to fill out. Obviously, they're not filling it out on Shabbat, but afterwards, I always see like a ragalach or something. I always know that was at shul, <laughs> and I, I shouldn't have to, you know, make that 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 pattern of oh well, I know that you were in shul that day because you had the ragalach, <laughs> you know. And it becomes it's so it's funny to say now, but the truth is, we should never eat something just because it's a thing. It's just something we do. We go to shul every morning and we have our ragalach with the coffee. It's not a thing. We have to change it up. We have to make a, a better thing. If we really wanted a ragalach, that's something different, and you enjoyed it, and it was something special. But if it's just because that's what you have when you go to shul, I don't think that's the reason why we're supposed to be eating it. And people are hungry at that time of the okay. day as well. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a responsibility that we should feed them right. I want to yeah. add something by Sephardic shuls. Most of the Sephardic shuls in the morning, if they... Uh, 
serving breakfast. The idea is, uh, you know, uh, all with pita, with uh, labane and uh, za'atar and uh, olive oil. And That's basically, awesome. That's in my book, actually. And basically, most of the synagogue, I know that our synagogue also, it's like all with uh, bagel. Cream cheese sometimes and butter and um, trying soda is out of an, a question in our synagogue. It's only seltzer or water and tea. And uh, we're trying to keep it uh, to, our, to keep our member healthy. That's great. I wish other people follow you. That's amazing. I, I know some shuls do that sometimes on Shabbat or in early minutes or things like that. But, um, yeah, for the masses, it's it's... It's not really doing a favor offering that if that's what the choice has to be. And right. if there's something else we could do, um, that, that would be great. Well, as in all things, the way this, these things start, the way they should start anyway, is with the Rabbonim and the leaders of the shul, people who have some uh, power, sometimes people who are the wealthier people can, can generate the enthusiasm. There has to be somebody who comes, steps up to the plate and says, you know, when I make my tikkun, when I make the little, uh, I put something out, tea, and I'm going to make a change. I'm going to put out something that's healthy. And you'll see that if people like it, they're going to ask other people to do it too, and people are going to want to do it. It's going to become a very, very good thing. And people are going to get a, a big appreciation if they're doing that. So it really is an excellent idea. And I, I appreciate the caller for giving a suggestion to so upgrade the uh, tikkun and make it something more helpful. Uh, I, uh, do we see we have a... No, there's nothing else here. We have two texts. Okay. Oh, I don't uh, have them here. Okay, so I don't know. It's like this. Uh, I, what are you suggesting for type uh, 1 diabetes? Ah, this we're going to go to, yeah. And the other one is uh, my two-year-old daughter went to stri- on strike and refused to eat fruit and veggies. Any suggestions? We even had that two weeks okay. ago. Okay, we got to start with those okay. children. you got two questions over there. Well, let's see if we can answer them. Okay, one was about type 1 or type 2 diabetes? It, the gentleman said type 1. I don't okay. know if it was, yeah. And one was for a two-year-old child who claims she's on strike from eating? No, I, I, I didn't say eat. I think she said, uh, I, I don't see it. He's on the phone now, but he, uh, I, I believe uh, he said uh, that she didn't want to eat uh, vegetables. vegetables and something else, fruit and vegetables. Right. Uh, well, it's sort of, I guess I could combine the two answers, because believe it or not, how one should be eating, really everybody should be eating, especially children, that we really need to eat on a schedule. What that means is we have to have breakfast, we have to have a snack in the morning, in between breakfast and lunch, then a snack between lunch and dinner, and then dinner, and an optional after-dinner snack, depending on when, when the kids are eating. It's integral for diabetes management, because that's actually one major component of managing blood sugar, that you're eating before your blood sugar drops too low, and then if it did drop too low, that when you did eat, it would spike too high. So one of the main, main components of diabetes management is actually eating on that schedule. And then for a child, it's even more important because you want to make sure their bellies are satisfied and that they are full so they're not coming to you, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving, every five seconds. So you really want to act even on a weekend, like it's a school day, and give them a snack time and come to them with the food and make it just an enjoyable time that this is the time we sit and eat, and in between that, we don't eat because there's a time to eat and there's a time not to eat. So that's also really important. Um, in terms of the two-year-old child who doesn't like fruits and vegetables, I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
write her off as not liking fruits and vegetables. It's very normal, especially for toddlers, to want to to have some sort of food phobias and not want to try new foods. Um, but one great way to to get them to try is, like we were saying with the other caller, where try to catch them at their really hungry times, like when they come home from school and or play group or wherever they are at two years old, and uh, have those healthier options out on the table. You as a parent could be a model. They're watching you, especially at two years old. They're watching everything. You don't have to say a word. They're looking if you're eating it. They're looking at your face when you're eating it. They're, they're trying to learn through you, is this something I want to taste? You can make eating a fun experience. You can maybe do a project with food at that age and get them to play with the food a little bit um, and make some sort of fun thing out of it. And then all of a sudden you'll see, especially at age two, them starting to sneak little pieces in their mouth and or licking it or smelling it, really trying to discover that food. And that's a really important part of eating because there's a lot more to eating and enjoying food than just physically putting it in your mouth, especially for children. So having it out and available often, making it an integral part of your house and what your family eats, having it out there those times that they're starving, allowing them to play with it and to and to smell it and to sort of discover what it is and then taste it is, uh, is a really big part of having the fruits and vegetables. What we cannot do is force them to eat it ever because then it just becomes a battle between you and the child of just wanting who, who, who has more power here. And it's a power struggle that just doesn't help them. So the best thing you do is just have it available. I'm going to tell you that uh, we have another uh, text thing here, which is very, <laughs> which is very interesting. Um, the gentleman writes, it's probably a youngster, he says, you probably never had a question like this and you probably won't be able to answer it by yourself. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they said that. <laughs> I'm a I very, that. They, they, we're going to be able to answer. I'm a very skinny G-tube kid that needs to, and that, then it seems to, uh, I think, I want to say, I think continue with the, the text here. Um, I can't, I don't see what he's, he, I think he stopped, stopped at that point. But the point is, he wants to know how to lose, how to gain. Oh, skin. Oh, this is the opposite issue. Right, right. Um, well, the thing is, is that a lot of times I, I don't know his specific situation, but a lot of times in a child's diet, they're missing the protein food group very much so, and they're eating, let's say, a lot of carbohydrates. For especially for children who who need to gain some weight, carbohydrates will not make them gain weight. It will make them have a sugar problem. Mm. So what they really need to do is to get more proteins on their plate. And it's important for them to learn what foods are protein. This is why, you know, nutrition, medical nutrition therapy is so important because they have to learn what foods are protein so they know that it's always on their plate. Um, adding healthy oils, also healthy fats like avocado, which could count towards protein and be a healthy fat to every meal, and just have that, you know, incorporated. Like, for example, you have a, a chicken sandwich that's protein, and you slice some avocado on top, you're just adding a little bit more of that value of protein and fat to help them gain weight. That eating on a schedule is super important because they really shouldn't go more than about three hours without eating something that does have protein. Every time they eat, it should be with protein. So, again, not just carbohydrate because especially if they're thin, depends on the issues going on. Sometimes they don't have a big appetite or they're satisfied after a few bites. So they have to make those few bites as jam-packed with protein and, and healthy fat as possible so they get enough of what they need. And they should try not to drink water before they eat if appetite is an issue. They should drink water after they eat so they don't fill their bellies with, with fluid and then take away some of that 
room mm-hmm. for our calories. Um, and that's, that's really it. It really depends on the situation also. Okay, before we go on with anything else, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to just say a word about our sponsor, and then I'd like anyone who wants to call, uh, general questions, but Miss for Mrs. Warren, with the topics that we're discussing, which is health, uh, nutrition, dieting, uh, children's problems, uh, physical problems that might be tied into the food, any of these topics we're ready to talk to you about tonight. So please call us at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, or you could text us to 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. We have a number of uh, people who were texted in, and there's some callers are coming in. But I, I must take the time to say a few words about Glotmart, which is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. Their weekly specials run from Wednesday to Tuesday, and this week, uh, items that are on sale are Geffen Egg Roll Wraps, one pound for $1.99. Uh, Lipton Tea Bags, 100 count, $2.99. Family pack salmon fillet, $7.39 a pound. Uh, Beefsteak tomatoes, 99 cents. Sabra hummus, which we talked about tonight, three, 17 ounce for $3.99. Usually selling it, but closer to $5 for that. Sabra hummus, 17 ounce for $3.99. In meats, you can get corned beef deckle for $7.99 a pound or standing rib roast for $12.99 a pound. These are just some of the specials at Glotmart, and there's also convenience there as well because you can park the car in an easy way using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with those special items you purchase in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over the j Radio. And now we're going to get to our busy phones. I'm just going to, I have so many people call, uh, texting. We've got to do some of the phones first. Go ahead. You're on Kashras on the Air. Can I help you? 90, guys. I can quite. You're Hello? on the air. You're on the radio. Me? Yeah. Um, how do you, uh, like the sizing, how do you curtail your cravings and whatever? <laughs> okay. How do you curtail cravings? Mm-hmm. What, what, tell us what the cravings are for, what kind of items exactly? Any kind of sugary, flowery, not too healthy items. Okay, well, I got you. Well, it completely makes sense because sugar is a craving. What that means is the more sugar you have, the more sugar you want. You have a really a, a threshold in your bodies, and it's a sensitivity. So you're feeding your own sugar cravings by having more sugar. With that being said, it sounds so simple to cut it out. But actually, that can work against you because that's not going to curb your cravings. That's just also going to make you want it more. So what you want to do is, first of all, understand that all carbohydrates break down into sugar. And if you substitute, let's say, a whole grain bread with like a tablespoon of peanut butter and make, again, that protein-fiber combination or the protein-carbohydrate combination, 
you are actually feeding the sugar craving a little bit, even though I think you, I think you think it's only cookies and cakes and things like that. But in your mind, you're giving it that sugar that it needs, and you're eating it. Um, in terms of sweets and stuff, I would always let's say recommend dark chocolate as opposed to milk chocolate, um, at least seventy percent or higher. Dark chocolate's actually a, a healthy food if you want to think of it that way because. It has antioxidants called flavonoids, and it also even has fiber in it, which would help fill you so you don't overconsume the chocolate. And it has less sugar than milk chocolate. So, again, it's about giving yourself that sugar, that little bit of sugar, that just what you need that you don't go over, and it helps curves and satisfies it. And, again, that combination of the carbohydrate with the protein would help, will help curb your body's um, sugar levels and then really help, you, help satisfy you a little bit more. Um, and just eating foods with fiber in it, like popcorn as opposed to plain potato chips, because popcorn would have fiber. It would help you eat less of it. It would help satisfy that carbohydrate craving a little bit more quickly. And then eating on a schedule, never letting your sugar drop too low where you're just fast going to eat anything from the cabinets as fast as you can, because in those situations, it's really a lose situation. I just want to add one thing. You know, if, you, if you're hungry... Then you're even being more attracted to the, this, the to the notch. If if you take care of uh, your basic interest in eating with some of the other foods, your desire for the notch will not be as dramatic. I don't say it won't have be there, it won't be as dramatic. Exactly, okay. and that's exactly my point in, in my whole strategy. That if your belly is satisfied, then you could fuel your mind to think better. It's not that again. It's not that at three thirty when your kids are home is when you grab the snack. It's not going to help that habit. But it would help you fight that habit stronger because your belly is satisfied, you're full. So if you're starving, there's no, there's no, all bets are against you. Okay, thank, thank you very you. much for your call. Thank uh, you. Before Lily. we take any more callers, we have so many uh, things happening here, I can't, it's hard for me to do it all at once. But one thing I want to I, I suggest is that uh, we mentioned now at least how somebody can reach you uh, if they want to follow through on a personal basis with some, uh, you know, visiting you for, uh, for, for, uh, for your counseling, what, what, uh, what's the telephone number we should give? Okay, well, my office line, it's 347-292-1725. And that's Mrs. Beth Warren. Again, the telephone number once more. 347-292-1725. And they can see you on the web also. What's your, what's your, um, your, your, What's your website? Yes, my website is www.bethwarrennutrition.com. Okay, Beth is B E T H. Warren is two R's. W A R R E N and nutrition.com. Yep. Okay, so that's it. Let me. But I, I. This is I you if we have to go back here. The gen, the the per, young person who whoever it was who e- texted us about the problem of their skinny. Okay, so he retexted us and said. He said, how is he going to gain body fat? I don't eat anything by mouth. I don't, wow. know, what, I don't know what it, it is it exactly. I am um, very G-tube. What is G-tube? It, it says I'm very G-tube. skinny G-tube. G-tube. That's his, probably describing it. G-tube kid. Oh, that's what it is. He's saying he, he takes something through a G-tube, whatever that is. Oh, he takes something, yes. I'm not familiar with it, but maybe you can give us a little bit, give him directly uh, some answer because this is very important. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that the G-tube, it also matters where it's placed and stuff, if he's, if he's physically capable of eating, and I, I really wouldn't know his specific case. Okay. If he wants to contact me directly, he definitely can, okay. so we could talk more about it. Right. 
It's a bit too hard to do over the radio. Okay, fine. Only because there's so many other parameters that might be involved. Okay. I don't want to say something inc incorrect for his specific case. Now, if somebody here suggest, wants to know what to eat or not eat to, uh, for their heartburns, they're getting heartburns. Oh, well, heartburn is it's, it's sort of individualized, meaning there are, there are therapy guidelines on which not to eat, like thing, foods like caffeine, that anything that has caffeine and even chocolate has caffeine could really irritate heartburn. Um, but also ways of eating, like, for example, eating heavy meals, high-fat foods, like a Shabbat meal, is, is, and then going to sleep right after a Shabbat meal is really right. going to irritate your heartburn. So um, that's a, a big no-no. So you want to maybe take a walk around and sort of let it all digest. Um, also, what I would just really recommend, when every, and if ever anybody is having any type of GI or heartburn issue, is really keep a food diary and know which foods are irritating you because it's not the same for everyone. And then what you do is you just avoid all these foods that really may, may or may not be irritating you, and you would never know. So I really encourage you, this person to write a food diary at least for three days. Um, the longer the better, and really try to check off when certain foods irritate them. Um, but the usual heavy hitters are spicy foods, high-fat foods, caffeinated foods such as coffee or acidic foods like oranges and citrus fruits, even though they are super healthy for us. Um, caffeine is also, like I said, in chocolate, and there's hidden ingredients, and also eating on a, going to sleep on a really heavy stomach or uh, laying down. And I want to I add a, this one point. If you're having this for a you know, continual time, you must consult a doctor, and there may be some damages being done to your esophagus. You better be very careful about it because this is a, a common thing that people have where they really do damage their system. Absolutely. It's not to not to be not to be glossed over or just to pop in some uh, pills that uh, you know that, that that will take care of it. The pill may be a, a, a fixer for now, but it's you may be in real trouble in a short period of time. There's another person here said, "I hear you say pro protein is important." Do you think, uh, what do you think about people taking, drinking protein drinks? Oh, good question. Well, I like, a, for example, like a, a simple protein powder, just as something fun and different that you can maybe mix into a smoothie. Um, what you want to look for in a label, uh, first of all, you have to make sure they're kosher, which you, you could comment more about because they're not all kosher. Um, and so there are certain brands now that are halal Israel, um, if they're going to be dairy. But what you, what you could do is you could have a smoothie in the morning, and instead of adding, let's say, your standard milk or yogurt, let's say you're just not in the mood for something so heavy feeling, you could add a scoop of protein powder. And um, you, what you want to look for is that it's unsweetened, even though it will, it will have a flavor such as like vanilla or chocolate, but you still want it to be unsweetened. A basic protein powder. So I stress basic protein powder because I have people bring me pretty scary things from certain supplement shops, and they're not only protein powders. They have all this other stuff in it that you see. Oh, we lost, uh, we lost her. We lost Mrs. Warren. Okay. That happened last time, too. Okay. We're waiting. For, we're going to get back Mrs. Warren in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, uh, let me just uh, remind you that we're talking with Mrs. Beth Warren. This is Rabbi Wilson of Wickler Cautious Magazine. We're talking with Mrs. Beth Warren, the author of Living a Real Life with Real Food, How to Get Healthy, Lose Weight, and Stay Energized the Kosher Way. Now, Mrs. Warren is a, uh, is a dietitian, and she's helping us deal with some of the issues that uh, affect us. 
The book is fantastic. It's 300 and something pages. Uh, if you want to get it, call us at 718-336-8544. It's $30.25 for the book and $5 for delivery. Uh, again, 718-336-8544. If you want the book Living a Real Life with Real Food by Mrs. Beth Warren. It's, believe me, it's a very worthwhile book. And if you've never gotten into the whole idea of what to eat, this is a great way to get in. It's basic. A lot of basics there. Now, Mrs. Warren, I have an, uh, another... Uh, I don't know if we finished our con- do we finish our conversation or not? I don't know where, where we where you. <laughs> I also don't know. But I, it was asking about protein. I think you gave the idea. We have a yeah. bunch of calls. I have to uh, do this quickly. I'd okay. like to. I have a question here about somebody who has bronchial asthma, mm-hmm. uh, and they want to know also which foods produce mucus. Could you have any uh, comments there? Uh huh. Well, that's a bit of a controversy, but um. Well, in terms of asthma, I would just connect that to, let's say, inflammation in the body, and you want to just focus on a diet that's anti-inflammatory and just add a lot of foods that have those healthy omega-3 fatty acids, such as, like, salmons and sardines, and if you don't want to go the fish route, if you want to go more plant-based, if you add, let's say, there's something called chia seeds to your foods or your yogurts that have plant-based omega-3s, foods like walnuts, and all, again, real food. Real food would skew you towards anti-inflammatory and try to hopefully bring down a lot of that inflammation. That's brought on by asthma and foods like that. In terms of mucus producing, I mean, it's hard. I don't want to speak on, on the side of, of, of research or medically, but it, 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 there are some studies, and clinically I see that, that certain intolerances to dairy can promote mucus production. Um, but, again, that would only be really seen because it's a dairy sensitivity, not a true allergy, is if you went on an um, elimination diet on, under the care of a qualified healthcare professional or dietitian to really see if that would help some of the mucus. And within a week, you should be able to notice a difference. If not, then it has nothing to do with it. Uh, Mrs. Warren, we have another, uh, another text I must take because I think it's a very important. I have an 8-year-old girl who is very overweight. She loves bread and cream cheese and refuses to eat fruits and vegetables or vegetable soup. So we, we tackled some of that with a little toddler, but how would you do with an eight-year-old? And how are we going to, this, this, this is the biggest problem that I, I see it all the time. I see these overweight kids, especially boys that I come in contact with, very overweight. Baruch Hashem, some of them slim down on the bar mitzvah time, but others stay very heavy and go into life that way and they're propelled into a very difficult life. So what can we do for this eight-year-old? Well, first of all, I'm so proud of her for writing a text message in and I think that's really brave and it shows that she really wants to make a change and that's really the first step. If she really wants to change, then she has to be willing to try new foods. What was it? This is not the, this is the mother who's... who's Oh, the mother? I thought the eight-year-old texted me. No, no, no. I have an eight-year-old. Eight-year-olds are texting, so yeah. <laughs> what if okay, but this is not so. She's she's okay. she's she's does she like loves the uh, bread and cream cheese, and she refuses to eat fruits and right. vegetables. Well, that's a com- I mean, it is a common situation. Children really love their bread and cream cheese. Um, it is hard to get it, but again, like I said, having it present on the plate, I actually physically give children this plate model. It's called like they actually go home with this colorful. Um, plate that's divided into sections Beautiful. so they know which foods are supposed to be present at their meals. And if they look at it and they realize that half of their plate is fruits and vegetables, or ideally vegetables, but some fruit if they need, then and that's what they're supposed to be full on, then they're going to be more encouraged to eat it. Because what happens is 
we we as parents, you know, obviously don't want our children to starve, and they only want to eat a certain thing, so we give them more of that food to get full. But that's not a solution. That's just feeding into it. So mm-hmm. the answer is not giving them, two, let's say, two sandwiches, because the portions for carbohydrate and protein are not that big as opposed to vegetables. And when they realize they're not getting more food, they have to try the vegetables. They'll be more encouraged to it. At the same time, you want to work with the child and see what they'll be willing to try, meaning I don't really ever think that they don't like any fruits and vegetables. Right. It's really hardly ever any. So even if they're willing to just have a cucumber, in the beginning, just to make sure their, their plate is balanced, you give them the cucumbers. You have four cucumbers, if that's what they'll eat as their vegetable, just so they start realizing that the vegetables there will fill me. And when they realize they're getting full on these foods, they'll be encouraged to try new foods. And making the plate colorful and, again, using their input or allowing them to help prepare the food if they can um, and maybe have a salad bar for fun for one night and let them pick which vegetables they want to put on their plate. Um, But it has to first be there. Once it's there, then they get encouraged to taste it. And they taste it, they realize they like it, then they want it again. But if they don't like it, also we don't pressure them and say that we respect them that they tasted it, they didn't like it. We can only respect that after 10 times of trying it. But after those 10 times, we can respect that and say, well, at least you like the cucumbers and the peppers, so we'll stick with that for now. But you have to just be consistent. Okay, Mrs. Warren, we we have a lot of calls. I'm going to try to do this very fast. Wait a second. Before you give it, uh, I just want to say that I've seen this effectively. One of my children does it with these with these salad bars at Friday and Shabbos. It's very, very, very successful. They get a lot of vegetables in, and they go crazy over it because so much emphasis is put on on, on making it more attractive, more interesting. They keep grabbing it. It's wonderful. Uh, let let me just. Uh, Say the following: We have a lot of callers. You can continue to call seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. We're going to just take the question and give a quick answer, Mrs. Warren, one line or two, and that's it. We'll take the next call because there's so many calls coming in. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Yes. Uh, can she talk address liquid diets that people just drink, drink liquids and don't eat the really foods? You mean like a juicing? Like juicing, or, or you, I know you mentioned before some shakes, but they're like juicing, right? They have these uh, these new uh, things on the market that you put all types of fruits and vegetables in it, and it makes it, it pulverizes them into a juice. Right. Well, you have to be very careful because that's typically missing a lot of food groups in it, namely protein. And what happens is that you, you lose a lot of fluid, um, and that's why people think associated with Not the juicing. Weight. This is a different type of machine. It, it takes everything. A juicer extracts the fiber and stuff. This no, but takes you're lim- everything but and, you're limiting, and liquefies but you're li- it like. But she's saying that you're limiting what you're, you You're include. limiting food groups. There's, there's no way you could get... I, I'm not sure what you mean by pulverizing it, but juicing does not necessarily... Like the bullet. There's something called the bullet on the market it's right still, now. It's still a juicer. Oh, you mean like a smoothie? It's not a smoothie. No, it's a machine. It takes the thing and it, it, it completely turns it into a juice. This everything. It, it, the whole thing is there, but what Mrs. Warren is saying is right. it's only the things you put in the juicer, right, and people right. are it's, eliminating it's other juicer. things. It's not a juicer. It's more than a juicer. Whatever it's called, you have the whole food, right? But right, you're correct. only the taking whole, the, the whole for vegetable, the whole uh, fruit, whatever it is. It's That's fine the for the vegetables, but she's telling you that there are other things you're limiting from the diet, which is not healthy. Yeah, since I need to give just a quick answer, all I'll say is that I like drinks like that if it's, if it's balanced as part of a regular diet with whole foods. So, for example, if you want to have some sort of juice or smoothie or whatever you're referring to as a breakfast, 
make sure it has all the components to it, like throw some walnuts inside the blender if it's a blended thing, um, or have a pair of protein on the side if it's just a green juice, for example. But it should be in context of a whole foods diet, and then I'm, I fully support it sometimes having snacks as, as these liquids. And what, what is your opinion on the whole wheat bread? We did that last time. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a different uh, Yeah, there's, yeah she, has a, she has a whole chapter on that. Definitely pro. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for calling. We have another call. Go ahead, the next caller, please. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, I wanted to know how would we address uh, children that are obese. Well, we've uh, talked about that constantly, but but uh, wh- uh, how what it, what is the how much how what is the age of the child and the uh, the weight? Under bar mitzvah and significant. We're talking about a good thirty to forty pounds overweight, and they eat out of boredom. Right. Well, again, yeah, I'm happy you're bringing that specific aspect up because with children, it's usually a lot more than just that they're overeating. My second lesson to children is that they learn how to understand when their body is full and when their body is hungry. It's, it's called the hunger scale, and it's a very important concept to start at a young age because even as adults, we don't know how to identify when we truly are hungry and when we truly are full. So getting um, a child to recognize that the reason why they're eating right now is not because their belly's hungry is a big lesson, and it already helps them be in control of what they're eating. So getting them to recognize that aspect that they're not eating because they're hungry is, is an integral part. And one way to do that is when we give them the education that, that what they're having for lunch, for example, if it's balanced the way we teach it, and which we discussed already on the show, is that this should fill you, this will satisfy you, and that you will have another snack in a few hours. A lot of times with these children, they really love food, which is amazing, and you should never look to get rid of that. But they don't know that they're going to be eating again, or they get afraid that the food won't be there. Because let's say they go shopping and they don't know when they're going to eat again, whether it's subconsciously or consciously. So if they are put on a schedule and they understand that mommy will come to you for snack time at 3.30, they might, feel, they might say, you know what, that's okay, we're eating lunch now and I'm going to eat again at 3.30. So no, but even though, so, even if the food is in front of them, they get to take the food and scarf it down within, within momish within two minutes, they scarf right. down the food. Right, again, like, that's that hunger fullness. That's a great point. When the, once the plate is balanced, I have a 20-minute rule. They cannot go for more food off that plate for at least 20 minutes. That's right. So that's that's what I told them. I told them you have to chew your food and you have to count uh, 10 bites because you're 10 years old, I tell them. Right. Well, um, I, a good tip maybe for you to be is not to have the food out on the table, I could maybe suggest. Maybe have the food in the kitchen, you make the plate and give it in front of them. I do that. And then, have, I do and that. then talk to them after the first plate. down the food. Well, this well, they're going to have to learn. They're still okay. going to have to I, wait. I, I have to interfere with, with, uh, with all the respect. It seems like that we need another 10 hours of this discussion. <laughs> it's not a question. It's no question. Uh, and it. I know that it's a big issue, the, the food in the in the... Right now in our society, so Rabbi, we have only two minutes to okay. finish, and so hopefully, let, let let us just uh, let me just before we take another caller. Thank you. I don't okay. think that we have enough. Okay, we I was just going to say what somebody texted in over here. Um, how do you get the single children to lose weight? Now we're talking about older already. I cook pretty healthy. It's more what they're sneaking on the side or outside the house. And we're talking now about not little kids, I suppose. Right, right. Well, I mean, outside the house is one thing, but inside the house, 
I don't know what foods they're specifically referring to, but it's very hard to have, let's say, these junk-type foods inside the house and try to control it from them, especially if usually when they're sneaking going around. I'm not sure how they're all approaching food and snacking and eating because usually there's a reason why they're hiding it and pulling it out of the kitchen as opposed to just being open with it. But um, really, you want to just try to not have these temptations in the house. Um, it makes it very difficult, for adults even. So right, imagine for right. kids when they have these foods in front of them. But let's just say, again, it's, it's about teaching them that there's a time to eat and there's a time not to eat. And if we have dinner, then the next time to have is a snack. It's harder when they're older because they're, they're getting a little fat in their ways. But, again, at that point, I just wouldn't have these foods in the house. Okay, Mrs. Warren, we ran out of time. We ran out of time. I don't know if we're going to schedule the next one. we got to get this because the, you can't believe what's going on here in the studio. The, yeah, the, all, the like phones are lit, all the phones are lit up. But I, I want to just thank you very much for joining us. And I, sure. and I remind the people that you're the author of Living a Real Life with Real Food, How to Get Healthy, Lose Weight, and Stay Energized the Kosher Way. And if anybody's interested in getting the book, you can call us at 718 718- Three three six eight five four four again seven one eight three three six eight five four four and you can reach Mrs Warren directly at three four seven go ahead what's the rest of it two nine two two nine seven two five two three four seven two nine two one seven two five one seven two five and I thank you very much for being our guest and uh, I think that people have learned a lot from you great and I'm very happy to hear. And anyone is interested in uh, either the husband or the people who are listening, the men who are listening to the show, to join us on Sunday morning. Our first year is at 10 o'clock. If that's your, that's uh, your Adeya. We're learning Hilkas uh, Tarubis. And uh, after that, we're having a cautious program, and we're going to be doing insect infestation inspection, actually there, hands-on, on Sunday morning, 11.30 at, it's only for men, 1130 at 1358 East 13th Street between Avenues M&N, 1358 East 13th between Avenues M&N. Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler from Kashrus Magazine for Kashrus on the Air, and thank you for listening.